This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by senior fun buns, Brandon Funston from The Athletic. And we're going to do a little Southern playlistic Cadillac funk and music as we're going to the ATL. Uh, and we're maybe going to get high, uh, as uh, Outcast would recommend in that classic uh, <laughs> 90s uh, hip-hop too, maybe. but maybe, maybe. maybe. Well, I, I can tell you this. They got some of the finest lemon pepper chicken wings I have heard Ooh. on the planet, and clothes are always optional at such institutions, Brandon. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if you eat those chicken wings, they get messy. It'd be kind of nice to have the clothing out of the way. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just might as well just uh, disrobe right there <laughs> in the venue and, and join the party. Uh, so here is the total uh, on this game, uh, New England minus seven and a total of 47. And we're also going to throw out a trade target here in a minute because we know we got trade deadlines coming up. But I want to get this prediction on the board before we get to our fantasy five. So what do you think? Um, man, I, I kind of have this feeling that Atlanta will make it closer than we're predicting, but I don't think they're going to win. I like the way New England's playing right now. So let's go with a. 24-21 New England victory. 24-21, uh, that is 45. So you're going to take the under and the ATL to cover. I think it's a push. I hate how there's no captain hook here. Uh, I got a 23-16. to 16. So I'm also on the under, but I got New England winning it. So Hey, you know, I think their last six games, New England's averaging 34 points per game. That's insane. That is kind of crazy. Very quietly, they're getting their yeah. act together, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Yeah, that's a team that seems to be peaking at the right time and could be a dangerous one down the stretch, uh, trending toward the playoffs right now, unlike the NFC where everybody is still eligible, I think, outside of Detroit. <laughs> go Hawks. <laughs> yeah, go, go Hawks. <laughs> Three and six, hanging out in the basement, maybe able to crawl their way out of it and somehow punch a ticket for the postseason. Speaking of postseason, uh, fantasy football playoffs just around the corner, Brandon. A lot of fantasy leagues have trade deadlines coming up this week or at the end of next week. Give me one player that you would argue you got to go out, you got to grab this individual now at a reasonable price because they could be the key cog of you making the playoffs or not making the playoffs or potentially getting you the gridiron gold in the end. Who is that? Well, I'll give you two. Um, and I always think that, you know, it's a great time to target guys when they're on their bye. So I'll look at the backfields yeah. of both the teams sitting out this week. Daryl Henderson only had five carries in that game on uh, Monday night. And, um, you know, it wasn't his fault. It was completely game script, uh, you know, narrative going there. And that's why he didn't get the volume. But he's been a good player. He's clearly the number one guy there. And, you know, if you can get any kind of, like, reasonable value on him, I think he has a pretty nice schedule the rest of the way. And then, of course, Denver, we've been talking about Javante Williams, even Melvin Gordon. I, I know Javante Williams, we might feel, is going to get a slight lead down the stretch. But even Melvin Gordon probably gets, uh, you know, 10 to 12 on average touches per game. And you, as you've mentioned, I think they have the best schedule uh, for the playoffs. Oh, oh do, do you want to hear it? I mean, starting I know week... You ha I know you have it at Quick Trigger ready to go, so go ahead and give it to me. Well, starting at week 12, so after the bye, the Chargers at KC, Detroit, Cincinnati, the opening round of the fantasy playoffs, week 15, at Vegas, at the Chargers again. Oh, and if you go into week 18, they get Kansas City again. It's ridiculous. 
Very nice. My old my old league, we, we like to not leave meat on the bone. We would have been all excited about that. But we've kind of come around yeah. this year with yeah. the new schedule. Voice of so reason. We're not doing Voice that. of reason <laughs> has finally been heard and uh, taken in properly. So congratulations to you and your league mates uh, for uh, joining the 21st century. Uh, there, Brandon. So uh, my couple of trade targets, uh, you mentioned one L.A. Ram. I think we got to throw Odell Beckham out there because he is going to be an integral part of this offense. Uh, once he takes in, once he absorbs like a sponge uh, the playbook and, you know, have the bye week, it's perfect timing. That's why they pulled the trigger on the deal uh, to get him from Cleveland, actually off the uh, wire because they signed him because Cleveland released him. So, you know, I think OBJ is somebody you can get super cheap right now, could be a wide receiver too down the stretch just based on volume alone. And I, I got to throw out to Eli Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, uh, a lot of people probably skittish about him because of the broken finger. Still could play this week. Uh, if anything, he's going to be limited and probably won't even miss the game at all uh, here in week number 10 against – or 11, excuse me, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But moving forward, his schedule is just so damn delightful, Brandon, especially in fantasy playoffs. Get Atlanta. Uh, who is inside the top 10 of most fantasy points allowed at Tennessee, and then Houston, who ranks sixth in most fantasy points allowed. I'm not too worried about Jeff Wilson. Remember, he had the 27 rush attempts, and he's just been getting it done in the advanced analytics category. It's just, you know, very impressive. RB2 in yards of a contact per attempt, so you can get him likely on the cheap. With that, let's get to it with a breakdown of Thursday night football between the Pats and Falcons. Number five. All right, it's fantasy five time and kicking things off here. Uh, how about Jacoby Myers? Uh, mercifully found the end zone. Uh, his teammates, uh, you know, jubilant, surrounding him, people sprinting off the sidelines, giving him pats and taps on the helmet and high fives and slaps on the ass because it finally happened, Brandon. And yes, <laughs> I'm digging that bunker in the backyard because the uh, impending ap- apocalypse is upon us. Uh, but we're not going to focus on any time touchdown here. We're going to focus on receiving yards. It is nickels across the board at the legal sports books. 55.5. If you're debating options, you only got two teams on by Denver and the LA Rams and maybe wide receiver three or a flex, say in a 14 team or deeper league, does Myers make the cut? So over under that 55.5 receiving yards, Mark. Under. Mm. Um, look, he hasn't reached this mark since week five against the yep. Houston Texans. And that was 56. And oh, in week one and week two, he threw a 44 and a 38. You really have to look at week three and week four against New Orleans and Tampa when he kind of made some hay with 94 yards and 70 yards. But most of the time he's under 50. And I just got to follow that trend with Kendrick, especially since he's done it week six, seven, eight, nine and 10. He's been under. Um yeah, I'll just follow that trend and take the under. Yeah, you know, he does have a good matchup because he li- lines up the slot 51.5% of the time, and that's where you can exploit Atlanta. That's where Avery Williams uh, calls his home in coverage, and he's given up a 124.3 pass rate to his assignments. Only seven wideouts have gone over this number against him, and as you mentioned, Myers hasn't done it in his last five, and he's wide receiver 91 in yards per target. So I'm with you. Give the under on Myers. Flex option at best. And 14-team in deeper leagues. Number four. All right, moving on. If Cordero Patterson plays, and right now he's gotten in a couple limited practices. You know, we heard earlier in the week that he wasn't likely to pay. Now he's a full-blown game-time decision. So, if he is indeed active for this game, Brandon, are you willing to clack at a clack and roll the dice, uh, whether running back or wide receiver? And if you are, is he a firm starter in your ranks? Um, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't say firm, but I'd probably figure out a way that he'd be in my flex. Um, I'm guessing 
that if he plays, he's probably good for getting to double-digit touches in some way, shape, or form, and probably 60-plus yards. You throw, you know, uh, he's he, you know, until the last couple of weeks have been good at getting into the end zone, so you give him a decent chance for that. So I, I would probably flex him out, but I'm saying, you know, 10 touches in some way, 65 to 75 total yards. Yeah, and, you know, I think really where you can do some damage is in the short field. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. You know, New England's only given up one touchdown to a pass-catching back, but they've given up a ton of yards and reception, 6.8 per game, 65.1 receiving yards per game just to RBs. So I think he'll be more effective as a receiver than a rusher in this game. I have him right now ranked at, at RB20 and also at wide receiver 20. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel great about it, but, you know, I'm with you. If, if he is active, uh, I think he's a firm wide receiver starter in, in leagues in which you have to trot out three wide receivers every single week. I think at running back, you know, I'm a little bit more hesitant to designate him as like a must-start guy. Yeah, and I have him right now just at RB26, but I'm just kind of waiting. There's a bunch of guys I'm sort of waiting on in that area, including, uh, you know, these running backs in the New England Patriots backfield and, and getting, you know, clearance on Damian Harris. Oh, and maybe that's a little bit of a foreshadow. Number three. Oh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Brandon hit the nail on the head. He must have looked at the script. How about <laughs> that? Pick one. Who has the better fantasy night in New England's backfield? Is it Ra 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 Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris, who was back at practice earlier this week? Yeah, I, I think Damian Harris being the veteran, being that he was the main guy, if he's cleared, uh, remember, this is a cut concussion and there's no kind of like, you know, halfway in that. Once you're clear, you're clear, you're healthy, good to go. Yeah, see Stevenson Ramondre last week, right? Right, exactly. So I think Damian Harrison moves back to the lead role. And I almost think, you know, because, I mean, not Stevenson, Harrison moves back to the lead role. And I think you know, Ramondre kind of becomes Kareem Hunt, where he gets a good amount of, uh, you know, secondary work behind Damian Harris. Uh, so, but I, I think, you know, I could imagine it being like 15 carries for Harris, maybe 10 for Stevenson. Maybe Stevenson gets a couple catches. Harris overall gets a slight lead in the total volume, but the catches might make it even up and it comes down to a touchdown. I'm going to lean Harris just because Harris was a touchdown machine when he was that lead guy. And if he's getting the bulk of the carries and they get in the uh, and they get down there at the goal line, I could see him having more opportunities down there than Ramondre. I think both can be RB2s in a 12-team yeah, setting. Yeah, well, that's where honest. I have him ranked right now. I kind of have him ranked how you typically would rank Melvin Gordon and yeah. Javante Williams. Yeah. You know, they're back-to-back. Yeah, back. Yeah. Well, look, and I think we've got a roadmap here of Stevenson's uh, potential usage if Harris is on the field. You go back to week nine. He played 30.5% of the snaps, had 12 touches for 106 total yards. It, what yeah. we got to remember is this. New England's got uh, the eighth best run blocking line in terms of pro football focuses efficiency numbers. Uh, and Stevenson's just a yak beast. You know, 3.20 last week alone. And Atlanta, you know, they've given up just 3.85 yards per carry, but they have surrendered 146.2 total yards per game, 11 combined touchdowns, and like New England, a ton of receptions to running back, 6.9 to be exact, and the fifth most fantasy points to the position. So I've got Stevenson right now at RB22. I've got Harris at RB26. Let's do this. Assuming Harris 
is in uniform for New England. Let's focus on Stevenson at a head-to-head. Would you take Stevenson or Devonta Freeman against the Bears? Oh, a thousand percent uh, uh, Stevenson. And I think Latavius Murray is supposed to be back this week. Yeah, more than likely. I, you know, I'm yeah. not holding my breath on anything Latavius Murray. I was hoping he'd be back eons ago, and he's been on the shelf for multiple weeks now. Uh, it's still Stevenson for me. Uh, what about Stevenson or Darrell Williams, assuming that CEH is back? I have Stevenson one spot ahead of Darrell Williams. Uh, so do I. Uh, what about Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson or Deonta Foreman? Revenge game against Houston. I can't get there with Deonta. I'm going to go Ramondre. Uh, barely Ramondre. Got him two spots ahead of Deonta. For now, I've got time, and I may make a change before kickoff tomorrow night, but that should give you some perspective on those New England backs. Number two. All right, let's play a little quarterback roulette here. Spin the wheel. What number does the ball land on? Is it Matt Ryan's number, or is it Mac Jones? Who has the better fantasy nights in your fun buns? I actually have Mac Jones ranked higher than Matt Ryan. They're in the, I, you know, I tiered my rankings this week, and they're in the same tier. I think they're, uh, you know, and it's a fair to compare them this week. But I just like the way Mac Jones is playing. The matchup is better on his side. And you look at his last, I don't know, five games. I mentioned they've been on a roll for the last six games. But the last five games, uh, what is that? Eight touchdowns and five, eight touchdown passes in five games. They've kind of been throttling teams, and so the volume hasn't been huge, and so you haven't seen his passing yard volume uh, be that high. But like I said, I think this is going to be a competitive game, and it's a good matchup to throw the ball. So I think that Mac Jones could probably get in the 250-plus yep. range in passing yards with a couple touchdowns. For that reason, I just like the matchup for him better than Matt Ryan. That's where his pass yards prop is, too, and I've been eyeballing it. I've been just, you know, teeter-tottering on it. I don't really know what direction to go, but um, it's a good number. It's like a 253.5 right now. But you look at Jones, and underneath the hood at some of the advanced analytics, quietly having a spectacular rookie season. This is probably why that and the fact that New England is trending toward the playoffs, why he is now the stone-cold favorite over Jamar Chase to win Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. He's minus odds at many of the books, Brandon, with Chase now at like plus 180 to take home the hardware. Mac Jones at minus 115. He's number nine in total air yards, uh, which I found shocking. Uh, Number four in play-action completion percentage. Number two in under-pressure completion percentage. Number six in red zone completion percentage. So he is the picture of efficiency. Three multi-TD games in his last five. You can throw in Atlanta. I'm with you. 252 touchdowns. That'll be better than anything Matt Ryan does. Uh, And you know that Mac Jones is going to scramble for like six yards and outdo Matt Ryan by two in that category. And that'll put him over the top. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. All right, last one here, Brandon, in the Fantasy Five. Kyle Pitts. Are you going to make a stop on the over the under 64 and a half receiving yards? What do you say? You know, we have a lot of narratives, a lot of go-tos, you know, in our fancy world. And one of them is always Bill Belichick knows how to shut down the other team's top uh, guy. It's true. But that's what I was just going to say is, you know what, sometimes I'm like, ugh. You know, it's it, it comes a little little bit cliche, but cliches are truthisms, and that's why they become cliches. And Bill Belichick does do this, and so I mean, I think especially if Cordero Patterson is not a hundred percent, you can just you know you can just bracket, you can you can just drop coverage all over Kyle Pitts. We've seen that happen a little bit in the last few weeks with Calvin Ridley out. He's been 13, 62 yards, and 60 yards in his last three games. And I think in this matchup, and given what I just said about Bill Belichick 
and the, how he deploys his defense to stop the top guy, I think you have to go under here at 64 and a half. Yeah, I'm under all day. I, I mean, Schultz is the only tight end to go over this number against New England. Now, I haven't faced a murderer's row at the position, but they have given up just 2.9 receptions and 29 and a half receiving yards per game, two TEs. Uh, you know, you mentioned Pitts. Uh, he's only been over this number twice in nine attempts. Mm. So I I don't think he's going to get there. I know he's got, you know, the high YPC, high A dot. You know, those are all attractive numbers. But, you know, five for 60, I think he's going to get yeah. close. Uh, we he's actually been over three times. I just oh, was it three you. times? Uh, he had a 73-yarder in week two. But uh, uh, to the, the back-to-back 100-yard games in the middle of the season and that 73-yarder, everything else has been under. Yeah, and I'm going to stick with that as well. I'm going to take the under there. It's not We're not saying you got to bench him. Because even five for 60 is a top 10 week at tight end yeah. right, right now. Right. All right. Before we get out of here, Brandon, any final thoughts? Maybe a little Russell Gage, maybe a Hunter Henry touchdown, maybe Mike Davis of CPAT cannot suit up. Uh, what do you think here? Yeah, you know what? It's it's a public service announcement. There's a guy in this game who is a top 15 fantasy wide receiver in half PPR since week three. Care to guess? Uh, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne and you know I love those receivers that get a little bit of extra run in the running game well he had three carries for like 43 rushing yards last week to go with a 98 yard receiving game I think he's been 68 yards or better in three of his last five so I went on grabbed him in a couple leagues because he's percolating and he's putting up some good numbers like I said top 15 in fantasy points scored at the wide receiver position since week three week three is a long time ago that's an eight game span for Bourne to be top 15 for that long I think you have to lend it some credence we have to stop talking about Jacoby Myers and start talking a little bit more about Kendrick Bourne yeah my only concern is this is AJ Terrell AJ Terrell is legit shutdown like he he's the only saving grace of this Atlanta defense I have a counter to that because I was looking at the matchups this week. And Jacoby Meyer, uh, Kendrick Bourne, according to Mike Clay's uh, wide receiver cornerback uh, sheet, which I recommend everybody check out, uh, is playing in the slot 41% of the time. So he moves around and he can get that Avery Williams matchup uh, that you were talking about earlier. And that's a sexy matchup. Yeah, so I think there's a path to success in this game. And more, more it's really just like maybe you ought to consider just going out and grabbing this guy for, if not this week, down the road especially. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Uh, just looking real quick in real time here at his player props, because now you have uh, piqued my interest, Brandon Funston. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, it is just 32 and a half yards. Yes, thank you very much. Has he been under that in the last five? I don't think he has. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, there's this thing called the Internet, and it's right here in <laughs> front of me, and I'm going to punch him in here. I use the old player profiler. Uh, shout out to Matt Kelly. Great sites, free service, highly recommended. Uh, he is gone, my friend, 75, 68, 38, 34, 98 in five consecutive weeks. Over! We're over <laughs> on Kendrick Ford. I like that call. And I think Hunter Henry's going to uh, catch another touchdown because that's all he does. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's leading all tight ends and end zone targets with eight. Uh, six of those eight have gone for six. Uh, it's not like Atlanta's, you know, shut down in the category. They're middling, but, I mean, you could always bank on a Hunter Henry touchdown at, like, plus 150 pretty much weekend and week out. Uh, and I will add this. If Cordero Patterson doesn't play, Mike Davis is interesting to me. Or Wayne Goldman. 
One of those two yeah. because somebody's got to catch a ton of balls in the short field, especially if Atlanta is dealing with a negative game script and also knowing these short field inadequacies and in coverage because Bill Belichick will give up the dink and dunk uh, and try to reduce some of those chunk gains down the field. So, again, monitor Patterson's uh, health very closely and whether or not he's going to be in or out of the lineup. We are out on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track. Please follow Funson on Twitter, at Brandon Funson. Follow me there, at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this program. Until next time, as always, adios!